Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God which engages us is one verse from our epistle lesson, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, where Paul writes, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, have you ever changed your perspective on someone? In other words, have you ever changed your view of someone? Sometimes it can happen in an instant when you find out something new about them that you didn't know before. Other times it takes years for that perspective to change. Well, this being Father's Day, one of the classic changes in perspective is the way some children view their parents over the years. Now, please note, I am not saying all children, just some children, when they reach their teen years, suddenly begin to think that mom and dad just don't know much about anything anymore. In fact, they know more about life than mom and dad do. And in fact, mom and dad just seem to be around to spoil all the fun we could have. Well, 20 years later, when those teens are now in their 30s and raising their own children, the perspective of mom and dad can change. And mom and dad can suddenly appear much smarter and much wiser than they did 20 years ago. And in fact, some of those children who are now parents raising their own children can even catch themselves saying the exact same words that their parents said to them. Things like, don't make me have to stop this car and come back there. Or, if everybody else was jumping off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff as well? Perspective can change over time. Well, in our epistle lesson for today, Paul writes to the Christians in Corinth about a changed perspective they are to have as Christians. They are to look at other people differently as Christians, all people. He says in our text that therefore, now, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. In other words, from now on, therefore, we are going to evaluate, rate, or rank no one according to worldly standards. It sounds easy, doesn't it? We as Christians are to look at other people differently than the world looks at them. It sounds easy, but it's not easy at all. For you see, the world around us teaches us openly and in some more subtle ways to rank people, to rate them, to evaluate them based on a worldly set of standards. And we know that list of standards only too well. Money, for example, if you are perceived to have a lot of it, you rank high. If not, you rank lower. Physical appearance, if you are considered physically attractive, you rank high on that list, if not lower. The same could be said for the clothes that we wear, the car that we drive, the house that we live in, the school from which we have graduated. And in this age of social media, 
how many friends we have on Facebook or how many people are following us on Twitter, and the list could go on and on and on. And the tragic thing is that some people use this list of standards to determine who they are going to like, who they are going to associate with, who they are going to talk with, or negatively, who they are going to dislike, who they are going to avoid at all costs, and who they would never, ever talk to. The results of this kind of worldly standard evaluation can be devastating. It can result in determining who it is at school who's going to be bullied, either in person or online. It can help determine among adults who's going to be the brunt of all the jokes and all the pranks in the office. This kind of worldly evaluating can have catastrophic results in the lives of people. It all stems from that sinful desire that we all have to want to feel superior to someone else. Well, if we are not to consider people according to worldly standards, as Paul says, how are we to consider them? What is the standard that we are to use when we consider other people? The answer is just two verses before our text, where Paul writes, the love of Christ controls us. Or we could also translate, the love of Christ compels us. It is the love that God has for us in Christ Jesus that is to direct and guide us as we consider other people. It's that love of God in Christ Jesus that motivates everything that God has done and continues to do in our lives through Christ Jesus. It is a love that doesn't demand that we first measure up to a standard before we are loved. In fact, Paul can write in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And it is not a love that demands to be served. Instead, it is a love that freely gives in self-sacrificing love. And so Christ can say, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And that's exactly what he did for us. He served our greatest need, namely to be reconciled to God once again by removing what separated us from God, namely our sin. Going to the cross, taking all of our sin upon himself, and receiving there the punishment that should be ours as a result of our sin. And now, as a result, God has a different perspective on you. Through faith and trust in everything that Christ has done for you, God's perspective of you has changed. And so Paul can write in our epistle lesson for today, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Just as certainly as God merely spoke the word at the creation of the world and things came into being that were not in existence prior, so also at that baptismal font, it is his word 
that makes you new once again, that recreates you to be that new creation in his sight. Indeed, the old has passed away. Behold, he has made all things new. And so now, as a result, when God looks at you, he no longer sees you in those dirty, sin-stained garments of unrighteousness, but rather in the pure, pristine, spotless garment of Christ's own righteousness, the garment that you were given at your baptism as a free gift from him. In short, he no longer sees the old you, only the new you. And in a similar manner, he asks us as his children to have a different perspective, a changed way that we look at people, all other people. Perhaps you saw the story this past week about the high school baseball game in the state of Minnesota. It was being played in order to see which team would advance to the state finals. The pitcher on one team a young man named Ty Cohen, was facing a good friend of his on the opposing team with two outs in the final inning. And Ty struck out his good friend in order to send his team on to the state final championship game. While all of Ty's teammates were running out of the dugout, jumping up and down on the infield, Ty's first move was to run to home plate to put his arm around his good friend who was devastated at striking out to end the game and to console him. You see, Ty had a different perspective on his friend. He didn't see him as just an opposing player on the other team. He saw him as a good friend who needed help. So also God asks us, as his children, to have a changed perspective when we view other people, to view them from the perspective of how God views them, as people for whom Christ also has shed his blood and died and given his life, as people whom God dearly wants to be with him for an eternity in heaven. And that changed perspective that changed view of other people results in changed behavior on our part toward them. For example, now with that changed perspective, we might actually seek someone out and take great pains in order to talk with them, people we wouldn't have talked with otherwise. Or we might speak up in a conversation in defense of someone if their reputation is being slandered in that conversation, when we might have kept silent in the past. Or we might be much quicker to forgive someone now when they wrong us, just as we have been forgiven by God in Christ Jesus. All of these wonderful things and more can happen when the love of Christ compels us and when we have a changed perspective toward other people. May God so grant it in all of us, for Jesus' sake. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.